everyone. Welcome to Real World Parenting, tips and scripts for parents on roads less traveled. I'm Dr. Laura Anderson, a child and family psychologist, and I'm glad you're here. As you settle in to listen, let me reassure you that you are in the right place. If you're a loving parent looking for answers and encouragement, and maybe even a chuckle amidst hard things. If you're a loving parent who's raising a child on a journey different from your own as a child, and are seeking a compass as you navigate uncharted waters. This is the place for you if you get the theory of parenting advice you keep hearing, but for the love of chocolate and curry and all other nearly perfect things, that theory never quite works as planned with your actual children. Finally, you are in exactly the right place if you're a therapist or clinician who works with kids, teens, and families. My intention is that these episodes will deepen your work and change lives. So in this intro, I get two to three minutes here to boil down 30 years of work in my psychology offices and my experience as a mom in the trenches and let you know what I'll offer with this podcast. I almost called it Lessons from Our Living Rooms or Couch Conversations because my offerings will be things I have learned and keep learning from the vantage point of both my living room couch and my therapy office couch. The aim of this podcast is to offer hope, support, wisdom, and experience in community, to provide clinicians a window into what our recommendations actually mean for real families in real life. We will talk all things kid and teen related and shine a spotlight on families navigating identities related to race, gender, and adoption. We will explore common child and adolescent mental health and wellness related topics. The hope is to leave you with a greater understanding of your child's needs and a, you got this, energy. Episodes will also feature actual practical tips and answers to questions including, well, what do I say when? And well, what do I do when? So that you feel equipped to handle the day-to-day parenting puzzles we face. So pour yourself a cuppa or lace up some shoes or hide in your busy parent bathroom for a bit and join me for head and heart conversations about loving and living with children walking past less often traveled. Have I mentioned I'm glad you're here? I trust that you'll be glad. All right, welcome everyone. I am so glad that you are joining us this week. It is my pleasure and honor to welcome Dr. Rachel Mitchum Elahi to sit down and have a chat with me today. And we are going to discuss a little bit about parenting and and you know, finding your way, self-care, and managing the 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 roller coasters and the richness that comes with it. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about about how you come to to be in this seat in this seat today. Tell us what brings you here <laughs> professionally and personally. Professionally and personally. Professionally, I Love so I'm a psychologist and executive coach and author of the book Choose You. Yeah. And 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 really I think what the overarching um philosophy um that I operate from in in my work is that we have to take care of ourselves. That no matter what the responsibilities, no matter, you know, no matter what's going on in our lives we have to make ourselves a priority. And um, and the more things we do, the more responsibilities we have, the less we take care of ourselves. And 
so I can say a lot more about that, but um, there's that. And then I'm also um, the mother of four. Been married for 21 and a half years, just about. And my children range in age from nine to 19. So this is a lot going on. So I, I learned, this is on the job training, right? So <laughs> I learned um, the hard way that, whoa, I'm not really putting myself first here. And that feels kind of selfish um, with all these kids running around and work and wife and all sorts of things I have to do, you know, as a wife, as a mom, as a daughter, as a psychologist, as a you name it. And what about me? What about me? So that's my interest area, both personally and professionally. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, how it's one of those things that I hear people talk a lot about, like, we, we say it in theory, right? Like, oh, yeah, self-care, you know, an empty pitcher cannot pour kind of a thing. Like, what are the... Blah, blah, blah. Sounds good in theory. How do I do this in my day-to-day life, Dr. Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have seen my life. <laughs> and and I've heard it all, right? And so there's, there's this, maybe you've heard this as well, this kind of ongoing debate on if you can have life balance. Is that really a thing? And so some people are saying, oh, it's impossible to have life balance. And other people, absolutely. I am on the yes, you can absolutely have life balance. But we got to understand what balance means. It does not mean all things equal all the time. We're not balancing like a three-chair stool. No, it's more like a bicycle. You know, if you just ride a bicycle and you never, you never change, you never adjust the way you hold the the uh, handlebars, you're going to fall. <laughs> you're going to run into something. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, when you're riding a bike, you're always making minor adjustments, right? You know, so your balance, you're always moving to the left and to the right and to the left and to the right to get more balance. So balance for me does not mean that all things in your life are hunky-dory and even. Balance is, you know, sometimes it's, 70, 20, 10, and sometimes it's 10, 20, 5, 5, 5. <laughs> you know, it just changes from day to day. Um, but I think it is possible to have it, just not all at the exact same time with everything being equal. I think that's the part that's impossible. Um, and so it may mean that uh, we are, that I need to spend a little more time at work. Is This is a rough season at work. Um, it's tax season or it's um, the beginning of the school year or, or lesson planning or whatever it is that you're doing that requires a lot more of your mental and physical energy. And it may mean that home is not getting all of what you would normally like to give. But we can still find time in there. It may not be pretty. It may not be every day. But if you aren't taking care of yourself, uh you know, the, the, the impact of that is just, it's going to be dismal. And it's dismal. It impacts our physical health, our emotional health. It negatively impacts our relationships. You know, think about your romantic partners who may say, you know, I feel like you don't have time for me. How can I have time for you? <laughs> I'm taking care of my parents. I'm working. I'm taking care of the kids. I volunteer at the church. I'm in this group. 
you know, um, so. Right. And they're the grown up, right? And they're, and you're, and, and, they're, they're, the and they're, they're, they're the peer exactly. in this. You're like, you are going to have to sort yourself out because. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you. So my, what I maintain is that it's our job to take care of ourselves. It's not anybody else's. It's not our best friends. It's not our children. It's not our mates. It's our job to take care of ourselves first. And then everybody else can, you know, and, and if they take care of us, great. That's lovely. Let me tell you, I'm here for it. <laughs> you want to take care of me? I'm here for it. But that's not your primary responsibility. It's mine. You know, how many times have we heard from maybe someone we know or something in the news or in, in the magazine where they someone says, well, that person, weren't they weren't meeting my needs. I wasn't getting my needs met in that relationship. And then if you ask, well, what are your needs? Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, so we got to know what we need and we got to be able to give it to ourselves before we are asking other people to fill that need for us. And I don't just mean relationship. I don't just mean a romantic relationship. I mean, our friends, people who don't know what they need, drain their friends. They drain their family members emotionally. No, take care of yourself first. Let me tell you, mother, four kids, that, that will drain you. <laughs> Just living will drain you. What are you doing for you? <laughs> and that, so how do you, we were talking a little bit before we came on just about this, like the, the, the grind of parenting angst, right? This, and even if you're not a parent who thinks everything is supposed to be perfect, even if you get it, that, that, that this is a, a journey and a wild ride sometimes, how do you, how do you deal with the 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 responsibility the enormous responsibility or the or the angst and worry that that parents have about kids how do you talk to parents about that that's a great question everything and you know this as a psychologist everything or so much of, of so so many things come back to mindset the way we think about things the way we talk about things and so just like um, for some people, it's a major adjustment to think about themselves as a priority. Like for a lot of people who hear that, that feels weird. That's very uncomfortable. But it's it, before we can start to take care of ourselves, we have to adjust our mindset to understand that we, we deserve this. We need this. Um, and so it's a similar, um, similarly, I think about parenting as, as, comes down to mindset. You talk about this this crazy roller coaster ride. I it's easy for me to get caught up and get frustrated in what my children are doing or not doing or what's going on. And just and then I have to remember my mindset. My mindset has to shift to, okay, you have about as much control over them as your parents had over you. <laughs> you know, we it's easy to feel responsible for choices our children make. Um, but then when I asked the converse, you know, how, how responsible were my parents for my own decisions? And the answer is different. It's always like, no, they, they weren't responsible at all. I knew exactly what I was doing, or I had a mind of my own, or they told me to do something a certain way. And I said, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> I don't remember the tone of that song, but that's the point of it. It's like, you know, I'm sure I was way off of that, but... And so in terms of mindset with my kids, and I get exasperated, but then I remember, you know, they don't really belong to me. Mm -hmm. And so I can just, 
because if you think about it, sometimes, sometimes the things they do, I mean, we worry about their safety and we want them to be okay. We want them to be great, incredible, productive members of society. But when they do things that we think are utterly ridiculous, <laughs> stupid, crazy, you know, part of it's because they're a reflection of us. So what's to say about me as a parent? What you know? Did I not prepare? I've prepared you. I've prepared you, and you're gonna go out of this house and make people think that you you've learned nothing, <laughs> and I have taught you. And it's so we make it about us, and it's not about us. And we have to, you know, I, I call it best friend therapy in my book. I call it best friend therapy that we have to talk to ourselves like we talk to people who we love, who we care about to speak gently and lovingly to ourselves. And so it's like, hey, sis, Rachel, listen, you're doing a great job. And listen, you you can't, you have done everything. You have absolutely taught your children um, to wash between their toes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely taught your children everything and you're still teaching. And the seed's been planted and we don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna grow, but it will. You know, it absolutely will grow. And it's not because you failed. And so, like I would say that lovingly to someone else. I don't talk to myself like that. It's like, <laughs> you know, you missed that. You know, those times that you were driving to school, that was a great time to have these conversations and lectures. Like, come on, are you serious? No, it's okay. Give yourself a break. You just wanted a break, and so did they. Right. They wanted a break too, and and so we have to be loving and gentle with ourselves. Not even have to. We get to. Yeah. We get to um, because I think language is important. We get to give ourselves a break, and to know that if we did the best we could, which we absolutely did, and are doing, then they're going to be okay. And and we won't agree with everything they do, and. We'll get annoyed, but do the best you can and keep taking care of yourself. Right. And if you're, if you're, I think it's that, that one of the fundamental errors in parenting, right, is, is, is believing that, right, that their behavior on a given day is the direct result of your goodness or badness as a parent, right? And that like somehow the, the outcome, their their outcome, what the picture of their outcome looks like or what doors we kept open for that, you know, kind of a thing has everything to do with whether or not we did a good job is is so it, it is that's really dangerous for our own health, because the more you're running around telling yourself that that any time your kid is faltering or whatever that you have failed, then that is just going to add to this treadmill sense of, and, and it makes people clamp down. It makes it, it people does. clamp down. We get more rejected. We, we get, I always talk about this gripping or this clenching that happens internally and it comes at our kids like angst and it drains our nervous systems and immune it systems. And it, it's I mean, and, and it's almost, it's, it's very egocentric. It's very, if you think about almost pompous that, you know, we've discounted everything else in their life. I, you know, we as parents are a big part of our kids' life and their existence, but they have school, they have peers, they have other activities, they have other things that influence their behavior and what they do. And, and we are very important. 
but we're not the end all be all. And, and oh, let us not forget that they have their own personality. <laughs> they have their own mind, you know? And, and so, yeah, they've heard what we want them to do, but they decided they didn't want to do that. And then there's the fact that their brains are not totally developed until they're in their early 20s. Right. So they want to make some bonehead decisions, <laughs> just like we did. Um, and so to be able to take a deep breath and, and, and to be able to laugh at yourself and to laugh at them and to just operate in love and for yourself and for them and grace to just have grace that it's all right. It really is okay. And they're okay. And you're okay. And isn't that some kid's book or something? We're all okay. I don't know. And, and so we just have to take, take, you know, this, this tight grip off the wheel, just loosen it up a bit. Just take a step back. Well, Dr. Rachel, it's easy for you to say, and it's easy for, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> Cause I'm still going through it. Yeah. Uh, but I have to, re- I get to remind myself. Uh, and it actually is a bit of a relief when I can say, look, now this, some of this isn't, isn't even on me. Some of this I have zero responsibility for because there are a lot of other factors. And it makes me feel like, well, maybe I didn't do so bad of a job. <laughs> right. Well, and then again, and then you can actually be present. I mean, it's a, you can be present. You're not racing forward in your mind about the next bad thing that's going to happen. You're not playing the past over in your head about all the things you, you should have or could have done. And it actually, you know, allows your kids this space to make their mistakes and learn. And I mean, all of that stuff gives them more agency. If you're not hovering and feeling responsible for every one of their decisions, I mean, it's really, yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done in some ways. Who who would you say it has had, like, who was the person you had to convince the most of this need? Was it was it you yourself? Was it your kids? Like, where did you get the pushback in your systems? Was it your parents, your girlfriends, your kids, your spouse? Who, like, when you tr- uh, prioritize you? Oh, the most pushback, really from spouse. <laughs> because... You know, we we just have a different way of viewing parenting and responsibility. And uh, it's funny enough, his it's, it's my spouse's brother who says, um, he said, we don't do anything the way we, we did 40 years ago. So the way we were raised, not that there was anything wrong with it, but doesn't always apply for these. We forget that. Well, my mother did this or my father did no, 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 no. And so I think it's funny that my, my husband's brother is the one that points out, you're stuck in the past. You don't do anything the same way you did 40 years ago. You don't drive the same car. You don't wear the same clothes. You don't eat the same food that you did 40 years ago. So no, you don't parent. You don't, you know, some of the, the basic tenets remain the same, but things that were relevant then aren't really relevant now in, in some respects because the landscape is completely different. Uh, and so I get a lot of pushback. What do you mean taking care of yourself? They, these kids, we, there's practice. Yeah, and you're going to practice, right? So I don't need to go today. I can skip. You know, I, what do you mean? What do you mean you're going to go have a staycation or, and, and not always. I mean, he's not, he wasn't an ogre. It's like, but this thought of you over family, 
So he, my, my, my husband absolutely is a, a fan of, you know, taking time for self. Um, but it's this, sometimes putting words around it felt, I think, weird for him. Mm. Like you're taking time away from yourself. That, that means away from family. And what does it mean that you want to be separated from family? No, I'm not separated from family. And, and, but I am separated from family. You know, it's physically separated. Doesn't mean I'm emotionally separated. You know, and, and, and aren't we separate? You know, I just had to really kind of talk him through that. And it just, I think, I think just the language is really what he had a hard time with. But the kids are like, the kids picked it up great. Mommy, are you choosing you? (laughs) (laughs) Are you choosing you? I got my teacher, your book. Um, I thought it was so funny. My son said to me, um, my nine-year-old said a few weeks ago, uh, I said, I said, honey, let me, I said, I'm going to go use the restroom and, um, and, and we can finish talking about this later. He's mommy, I know you, you're, you're, you go to the bathroom to get away. <laughs> I thought, I said, huh? He said, yeah, you hide out in the, in the bathroom. Mommy, you think I don't know that? <laughs> I was like, Am I that transparent? I really thought I was better than that. Um, so yeah, that, that's the, the biggest pushback. Um, really came from there. My mother, funny enough, will tease me about self-care. And then she'll say, she'll say things like, I never did that when you guys were small. I said, but you wish you would have, don't you? She said, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But it was a different day. It was a different time. And and what felt like it was, so so here's the thing. Everybody's going to have their opinion. Mm -hmm. But if we live in our life for what makes other people happy, Oh man, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. I was going to say something else about our kids and and how we worry about them and perspective. We also have to remember that they're not this all the time. Like we have this one, we have this view of this one flower, this one issue, and we exacerbate it, you know? Um, but I was just looking at my son's bathroom sink this morning. It is nasty. Of course, he's going off to school and I was like, it's that he's got to clean this. But if I was being a little extra about it, like, you know, people think I didn't teach my children how to clean. <laughs> but, you know, that's not it. Or I may think people think my children are rude if they do something that I don't agree with or they didn't say thank you to someone. Here's the thing. Our children, what we see, and it's only part of the time, is not what the world sees. We're looking for areas for them to improve. We're We're sort of... We don't say this, but we're almost almost looking for weak areas or flaws so that we can make them better mm-hmm. so that you're, you know, a better productive member of society. No, the world sees um, the world's not focused on that like we are mm-hmm. um, when people. And I get that when people say, oh, your kids are so sweet or your kids are so this or your kids are so that. And, I, you know, I have to take a breath and think, you know, well, thank you. You know, thank you. <laughs> So it's not all that we, it's easy to get caught up in what needs to be fixed or improved or, you know, but we've done our best job and we we have some amazing kids, even if we want to wring their neck or pull our hair out or whatever else, you know, we got to acknowledge the good times. We have to acknowledge their strengths because if we do that, it's better for the children, it's better for the family, it's better for ourselves. And that's whether you have minor children 
or children who are above the age of 18. I give them a break, give yourself a break and breathe. Yeah, and and the way, and I think exactly when you were talking earlier about sort of the mindset stuff, because you can take the same event, right? You can take that kitchen sink and make it, or the bathroom sink and make it. You always, you never, like, how are you going to, um, you know, you're just like your whatever, you know? <laughs> like, you can do all of that stuff with the sink. Or, you know, yeah, you're like, right, we still got some room there and there are all these other things to celebrate. I mean, it really, the same exact event, the spin you put on it and the tone with which you speak to yourself about your part in it. And, and I do think really recognizing the developmental thing. I think parents also feel a tremendous pressure because we feel like we're all front-loading we're front loading our kid and, and, and everybody says, it goes so fast. And, and, oh my God, by the time they you, know, you get an early teen, like, oh no, you're going to lose him now. Cause he's gone to his room forever or whatever. Meanwhile, I don't know about you, but I'm still being parented by my parents in some ways, right? Like I, this, this is a lifelong, when you are beating yourself up about your child's ninth, 12th year and what they aren't doing yet, like, their brain hasn't developed and you are in the first 20% of your ability to be their guide or, you know, whatever it is. Like we say, they were brought to us. We're with them for a period of time and we, we, you know, we get to hold them and teach them and love and be loved and then just sort of cross our fingers and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. And, and you're right. I'm still being parented as well. My parents are, are 87 and 79 and they still have words of advice for me and Rachel and you know you did that Rachel you should consider it and and, and, and way too often it's down <laughs> <laughs> and yeah absolutely and, and it's yeah it's we don't we don't stop it at 18 or 21 this we we get to lecture them for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Lucky them. Well, and I think it's cool what you said too about with yours, like because I do think, you know, most often what I see is is we ourselves are the hardest ones to convince, and then either spouses or kids. But the kids, it's actually a pretty beautiful thing. I mean, I hear lots of parents struggling with, but I want my kids to know I'm there for their practice, their lesson, and I'm like. But what, I mean, is there anything more beautiful that you can offer your kids than a model of knowing when to say when? And a model of saying, if I keep going like this, you know, none of us is going to like it. I need to tap out. I need to, you know, prevent this meltdown that's about to come. I need to, I mean, it's regulation. A lot of what I end up talking about in the work that I do is, is families helping kids regulate. But it, but so much of it comes back to parent regulation <laughs> that we have to be the container that's holding this stuff. And so it's actually a really cool thing to be able to show your your children um, of all genders and gender identities and modeling for them. I mean, there's certain pushes for folks to be certain ways based on a lot of different variables. But for anybody to see you say like, hmm you know, respectfully, no, or yeah, I'll be there in a minute. Wait. Yeah, they, that's, that's absolutely critical. And, and something else that, um, that we can, we, we have to guard against as parents is, um, is, is really jumping in and, and saving our kids, um, you know, and, and, and because then they never learn the skill. You know, if I, 
every time clean my son's bathroom because, you know, you didn't do it or you didn't do it right. So let me go in here and do it. Then when is, when is he going to pick that up? You know, if I save them every time, I would tell you, <laughs> my son is a freshman in college and he knows how to write thank you letters. He understands the importance of, and so many people, they were so generous with him when he graduated high school. It's like, you're going to do thank you letters? Mommy, nobody does that anymore. They absolutely do, son. <laughs> and I, people would say to me, Rachel, did did um, did he get the yeah. gift that I sent? And Because I didn't hear from him. And I would just copy and paste these text messages <laughs> and send it to him. And he was unbothered. And I even pulled out the thank you cards. He started them. He didn't finish them. And I'm like, it was so clear he didn't want to do it. And so I thought, well, let me just do these thank you cards for him. And I am not the kind of parent that swoops in and saves them, but it was my ego. Mm -hmm. They're going to think I did. And it's like, okay, well, son, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I, and so I made myself sit on my hands and just not write the thank you cards. And it was such an embarrassment. And I was very clear, like, I'm embarrassed. He could care less. <laughs> And so I've talked to him about it. I've lectured him about it. And what else am I going to do? Right? Like lock him in a room and refuse to give him food until it's written. <laughs> no, I'm not doing all that. So he's made a choice. And um, and I've talked to him about, you know, here's some of the results from this, from not writing it, from writing them, from, you know, this is why I suggest you write it. These are, I've explained it all. He's a bright kid. Yeah. He made a choice. And so... When we think about jumping in to save our children, whether it's doing something for them or or not requiring certain things of them, then we're then that's where we're not teaching. That's where we're failing them because where will they get these skills? And and I, and I think what I heard too in there that's really important is it's a another kind of you know fundamental psychology principle where you're like and and I'm embarrassed and and guess what parenting is going to say we always laugh about how our children are embarrassed by us but if we really yes. look back at how often we're embarrassed by our kids and then and again if you're connecting what your kid does and I've said it out loud too like if you don't do this in this place people are going to think you know what it reflects on it reflects on me you know like kind of a thing and my little you know six year old's eyes are looking up at me like what you'll get a grip mom right and I'm like they're going to think I didn't and so do you want them to yeah exactly like you know what you look like a jerk and I look like a bad parent is that what you want you know kind of a thing that I'm like you know and again he's just sitting there looking at me with the stuffed animal like I don't know lady and it and it's this but I but I have said that on a number of occasions and I think knowing then fundamental principle so you're like I'm embarrassed yep look at me I'm embarrassed let me just take a minute and notice this feeling and sit with it a bit and it is embarrassing if I think I'm responsible am I trying to do the best I can yes is he still growing yeah it's like it's like can you be in that feeling state without expecting your spouse your kids to fix it right it would fix my embarrassment immediately if my kid did and, and, you know, we talked about still being you know our own parenting and, and being parented by our parents I have to parent myself. And so that's really what you were just saying is, you know, because guess what we say to our children? You know, don't worry about what other people think. 
How many times have I said that? <laughs> and here I am worried about what other people think. And so I get to parent myself and say, Rachel, uh, I know that you feel embarrassed, but it won't last very long. Um, I, the adult version of that is, Rachel, they don't pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, Rachel, it doesn't matter. You know, are you going to see these people again? Or maybe I will. But it's, Rachel, who are you trying to impress? Rachel, what's important here? This is how I parent. And I move myself out of that state of embarrassment. Or I don't. And I say, if I make it to my car, <laughs> it'll all fade away. <laughs> I drive away, just whatever. But you know, the same rules apply. The same life lessons and and um, and advice that we would give our children very much applies to us. And so, you know, I have to remind myself: it's not about you, honey. Yeah, keep it moving. You're doing the best you can. You're doing the best you can. And even when I flip out right. and I'm not at my very best. <laughs> I get to I get to self-correct. I get to come back around because I'm not supposed to be perfect. And our children need to see that too. They need to know that I've goofed that up and I apologize. And I'm back on it. Yeah. I talk I didn't give you what you needed in that moment. And and I recognize that now and I apologize. And the the repair. I talk a lot about how parenting, a lot of parenting is like rupture and repair, you know? It's like <laughs> whoops. And and that is life too. And and absolutely, like when you think about it, the, there's a pretty beautiful thing in there to be able to say, like, wow, if I could do this afternoon, like let's redo this, or if I could do that again, or next time do you wish I'd said or done, or like how would we do that? What can we reset here? Because, you know, I'm not proud. And and humor's great. You know, I mean, being able to definitely a lot of making fun of my my unraveled moments, uh, ultimately. And that'll be part of the family lore that probably will, you know, therapists will hear about over time. <laughs> <laughs> so... Mother used to <laughs> exactly. Well, what what would you like? What would you leave folks with in terms of like like how do we take the first steps? What are some concrete things that people do? Because because often the biggest pushback comes from us because we're telling ourselves we have to, we can't, we need to step up, we've got to do this, we we just can't possibly have the time. When I talk to people about whatever their version of self-care looks like, it, it comes down to, like you, you know, as you said, people like, you haven't seen, you just don't know. Everybody has a version of what makes their story distinct. And some of us, some of us do have, you know, we're in smaller boats in the ocean than others, for sure. Some of us are. But, but what do you, what are some like concrete things. I love that. Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is for people to, who have a difficult time with this concept of taking care of themselves. And let me, I have to say this, like getting your nails done and getting your hair done is not self-care. That's in our, this day and age is pretty much just like taking your clothes to the dry player. (laughs) It's not self-care. And so if, if you're having a difficult time wrapping your mind around self-care. The first thing I'd say is to to take out a piece of paper and pencil and and write down, um, just spend some time thinking about and writing about why, why it feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing I would ask myself or I, I journal about would be, what's 
what's for certain? What does this look like? If I continue on this path, what does life look like for me? If I continue to do things the way I've done them and put everybody else first, what does this look like? What does it look like in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? What's the benefit of it? What's the drawback? Flip side, I'd also ask myself, and I'd write this in another column, uh, maybe divide this in columns or however you want to set it up. If I, start to uh, if I start to take care of myself and put myself first, what could that look like? What's the benefit of that? And then the other part of that, um, which probably can even precede that part of the exercise, is really what, what does self-care mean to me? You know, it's different for different people. Um, and so you got to really be able to articulate what self-care looks like for you. And here's the other point. If you've been operating this way for all of your life or all of your relationship or whatever, we all like things to be constant and consistent. We don't like change. And so the people around us don't like change. And so if you're always, always there and now you're not, what do you mean you're not going to be there? And so other people, because they want their life the way they want it, consistent and, 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 and uh, predictable, they're going to put some pressure on you for you to remain the same. And so the other thing, once you decide what self-care looks like for you, um, then, then look at where you can fit this in your life. And then what are you going to do when you get pushback from other people? Well, what do you mean you're going to take yourself out to dinner? I want to go with you. You're not going to take me? You're going to reject me? No, no. How about you and I go to dinner tomorrow? Because today I have an appointment with myself. And speaking of an appointment with myself, if you put it on your calendar, and I used to do this, if there was no other time for some, for me to meet with someone, I would upon that special time that I put on my calendar. Well, I know I said I was doing this for myself between 10 and 2, but... If 11 o'clock is the only time you meet, then sure. No, 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 no. That's an appointment. I have to respect my time with myself the way I would respect that time if I had a meeting with you. I'm not going to schedule something in. If you and I, Laura, are scheduled from 10 to 2, I'm not going to put another meeting in that time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do that for myself. And I had to get really firm about that. Hey, what are you doing this day? Or people, particularly given the pandemic, when, you know, everyone's working from home. Oh, you're just working from home? Oh, can I stop by? No. So, oh, you're, take, you, you're not working today? So you're free? Nope, not free. You're correct. Not working today. You're incorrect. I am not free today. Yeah. So, to, to you know, those are just a few yeah. things. One, to think about how we conceive of self-care, to think about why we don't deserve self-care, to start to think about what life looks like if we don't engage in self-care versus if we do engage in self-care, those are some places to start. And the last thing I would add would be to find an accountability partner, somebody who's team you. For you, Laura, somebody who's team Laura. For me, somebody who's team Rachel is someone who really, really, really has your best interest at heart. And yes, your parent loves you. And yes, your, yes, your, your mate loves you and they care about you, but they may not be the biggest advocate for you for self-care. And so find out who that person is and say, listen, this is what I'm up to. This is where I'm, I, I want to grow. This is an area of development for me. Would you help me? Would you be my accountability partner? And then tell them how they can best support you. Because if 
if it's just left up to me to be accountable to myself, <laughs> sometimes I'm going to cheat. Sometimes I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do. Yeah. And so it's cool to bring somebody else into that equation to help keep you on the straight and narrow path of self-care. <laughs> I love that, Dr. Rachel. That was awesome. It's a great, yeah, it's a great, great summary. All of that in terms of it tying all together why we're doing it, why it's important. Note, and I also pulling in from stuff you said in the, like noticing how you're talking to yourself about what you're doing, the best friend version of therapy, and then the, the illusion of control in parenting. And, and this idea that it's easier to make space and recognize that, that you are going to have to take care of yourself if you are not convinced that every decision you make has an immediate outcome on every day, which is an outcome on every next step your child takes, like separating yourself a little bit from the illusion of control and noticing. I like that the messaging too around, you know, I often talk about how families are establish a dance, right? Dance routine. And when somebody changes up a step, toes get crunched. They do until people relearn, right? Like great imagery. <laughs> yes. Great imagery, yes. You, do. you get your toes stepped on just and then and then people back up. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. You know, and you and you establish new patterns. If they're annoyed with you, you step on my toes, I'm annoyed. And you change up on me the way you move through life, I'm gonna be annoyed because wait, oh, you're not following the script here. Yeah. And 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 that may be hard for you. Everybody sits in it, everybody repairs, and we're modeling okay. for our kids and our spouses and ourselves that that um, making that space for us is really important in, in staying regulating and showing up for parenting and life the way we want to. So thank you today, Dr. Rachel, and I hope everybody will check out Choose You and all the other great stuff you're doing. I love watching what you're doing, and thank you thank for you. joining me today. Likewise, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Always good to connect with you. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Just a quick note here at the end to say I am so glad you joined, and I hope you are too. And if you'd like to connect with me more, come take a look at my website, www.drlauraanderson.com. There you can join my newsletter, keep in touch, and find out what is in the works. You can also join me for coffee and conversation uh, on Facebook at Common Cord Psychology Services. So check me out those places, and I look forward to further connection. I'm glad you were here today.